Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. What if we had massive, massive cuts, forced cuts to our budget? What would that mean? What's that look like? Buckle up. Let's talk a little budget talk tonight on I'm Right. The national debt. Don't turn off the TV. Don't turn off the TV. I'm not going to bore you on my life. Here's the thing. National debt. The debt spending. These are things we don't talk about very much. Oh, don't get me wrong. That language, we spend too much. It's too much spending. The debt, it's always part of the right. It's always sprinkled in there somewhere. But we don't talk about it that much. I'm just as guilty. I have an hour-long TV show every night. I'm on the radio nationally for three hours every single night. I talk about the debt, yes. Not that much. Why? It doesn't interest you. For the most part, it doesn't interest you. I get that. There's no judgment here. It interests me a great deal because I know the stakes. 
It doesn't interest most people because they don't think about the stakes and the, the numbers are so huge, you can't care because your mind can't comprehend it. My mind can't comprehend it. $28 trillion national debt? What, is it, what does that number even mean? $28 trillion is more than you could ever wrap your mind around. All we know is, wow, that sounds like a lot, right? So we don't talk enough about the debt. We should, though. We should. Because understand what happens at some point. And we're full speed ahead. We'll get to this new bill and all this in just a second. We're full speed ahead. Understand what happens at some point. At some point, you can't do it anymore. There's an old saying in investing, trees don't grow to the sky. You can't keep doing what we're doing here in the United States of America until the end of time. Let's all agree on that. Okay, so now that we're there, you can't do this forever. You can't print trillions in unbacked currency forever. You can't spend trillions more than you bring in every year forever. There's an end date on that. All right, fine. I think we're all in agreement there. If you're not, you're dumb. There's an end date. Okay, so what's that look like? What does end date actually look like? Well, how about 25% interest rates or higher? You know what? Let's set aside interest rates. Maybe that's something that you can't relate to. Let's, let's just set interest rates aside. What if the Social Security checks stop coming? What if Medicare? You don't know anyone who uses Medicare, right? You certainly don't, right? What if Medicare, not acknowledged anymore at hospitals, program is out of money? What if the number one superpower in the world, us, right? What if the number one superpower in the world had to take a look at its military and say, half of you are gone. Half of these ships gone. What do you think China would do if America announced massive cuts to its military? And by the way, I just brought up three big things. The little things that would get slashed and burned you want to talk about civil unrest, there would be rioting in the streets. When you get to that end date, whenever that date is, and I don't know. I, I, in all honesty, nobody knows. You, I have on all these fancy experts. They don't know. It'll be tomorrow. It'll be a year from now. Maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. I, I, I don't know. But when you get to that date, there's going to be so much pain that comes with it. You and I, we're going to spend a lot of time saying to each other, why didn't I care more about the debt? I should have cared more about the debt. We didn't talk about the debt. So I'll go over a couple things here. These numbers are huge. They'll go right through your mind. They went right through mine. There's no judgment here. I get it. They're huge. But just understand this. This has an end date, and it hurts. Now, good news and bad news, kind of. Good news is Democrats were trying from some absurd $3.5 trillion bill, and this bill had everything they ever wanted in it. I mean, it had everything they ever wanted in it. They just tried to stuff it all in one massive reconciliation bill and pass it through, which would be horribly corrupt, but that's what they did for Obamacare. They were going to try it again. Kirsten Sinema, Democrat out of Arizona, and Joe Manchin were actually two who stepped up and said, wait a minute, no, no, we can't do that. That's too far. So 
I can't believe I'm saying these words, but praise God for Christian cinema. That's one. Two, that thing had amnesty for illegal immigrants in it. Remember I just said how it had everything they ever wanted? Well, why do you think that border has been so open? Starting to understand now. A million new Democrats wouldn't have hurt their chances for 2022 and 2024, would it? Anyway, moving on. That's the good news. Good news is we stopped the big bad one. The bad news is didn't stop them all. And of course, with Republican help, Democrats get an infrastructure bill through. $973 billion infrastructure bill. It's a big one. It's not funded at all. Um, it includes $550 billion in brand new spending. And here's the thing. I know what you're saying right now with Jesse. Oh, that's, that's a lot of money, but maybe it's worth it. Maybe we need it. What's in it? Oh, I don't know. And here's the thing. The people who voted for it don't know either. I'm not making this up. They voted for a bill basically saying, we're going to pass a bill. Oh, there are some outlines of a couple little things in here. I'll go over in a second. But for the most part, we have people, Democrats and Republicans, voting to spend a trillion dollars of your and my money, and they don't even know what's in it. Why? I'll get to that in a moment. Of course, you have nutballs like AOC. They're putting content out on social media. Cory Bush did the same thing. Putting out a picture of all the people who really put together the bill, and they're all white. And, of course, they're making it out to be some white thing. And it's a racist bill. And, I, I, you know, it's all will take a minute and laugh at AOC. Because who doesn't need to brighten their day by laughing at AOC? But anyway. 17 Republicans, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, all the usual suspects. I'm not going to read you the entire list. You can see the whole thing right there. Now, what's in it? Again, let me, let me reiterate, we don't really know. We do know there are a couple high points they're going to fill in the blanks on. One, $144 billion for climate policies like clean energy transmission, and racial alleged disparities and in the environmental pollution. I love this part. $10 billion for electric vehicles. $66 billion to address Amtrak's backlog. I just want to clarify something about Amtrak really quickly here. Amtrak's backlog, $66 billion. What's any of this mean? Well, you know Amtrak's the trains, right? Amtrak has been hemorrhaging money forever. It's not a profitable business. Government knows this. What's government solution? Get rid of it, reform it? No, 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 no. They take $66 billion of your money and they just chuck it at the problem. These people have no concept and no care for our money at all. Now, before I go on to one other thing, allow me to explain this bill, this fill in the blanks bill. Here's what happens when they pass these massive bills. They pass the bill and then, and look, this is not in the movies. This is really what happens. They pass the bill, and then all these senators and congressmen, they all start horse trading with the money in the bill. There's nobody, and I can't stress this enough, there's nobody sitting down with a grand master plan saying, this is really what America needs. We need a new highway here. We really need a new bridge there. We need to get... That person doesn't exist. All these people sit down with a gigantic pile of your money 
and they just decide, all right, Nancy gets 100, right? Nancy, all right, Nancy, go ahead, build that in your town. That'll help your reelection. Hey, Bob, Bob, how much you need? All right, well, no, we can't give you that much. We'll give you this much, right? That much is for Bob. They just sit down with huge piles of our money and hand it out trying to buy votes. That's all these people do. A completely broken, scummy, corrupt government. It's terrible. That's okay. We have the money, right? What's the big deal? We just have piles of it in Fort Knox or somewhere. Well, here's Jerome Powell. Inflation has increased notably and will likely remain elevated in coming months before moderating. As the economy continues to reopen and spending rebounds, we are seeing upward pressure on prices, particularly because supply bottlenecks in some sectors have limited how quickly production can respond in the near term. Okay, so let's see, we have supply bottlenecks, we have inflation now, we have more inflation coming. What's, what's inflation again, by the way? It's, well, it's what you get when you devalue your currency by printing trillions of it you don't have. And our response to all of this is spend more. Lastly, and you're not going to like this, but I'm sorry I have to say it. President Trump came out and released a statement bashing the Republicans who passed the bill. Quote, under the weak leadership of Mitch McConnell, Senate Republicans continue to lose. He lost Arizona. He lost Georgia. He ignored election fraud and he doesn't fight. Now he's giving Democrats everything they want and getting nothing in return. No deal is better than a bad deal. Fight for America, not for radical special in- or not for special interests and radical Democrats. Rhinos are ruining America right alongside communist Democrats. I mean, he's he's right. He is, and I know this is going to hurt, but let's be honest. Donald Trump was terrible when it comes to spending and swampy bills. And you know I've been a fan of his presidency. Foreign policy, maybe the best president ever. I mean that. Loved how he did, how he handled regulations. Loved his presidency. Donald Trump, his spending, the bills he signed, it was worse than Obama. And every time Donald Trump signed one, he'd get up to the microphone and said, this is ridiculous, I won't do it again. And he did it again. Every single time. It seems the only Republicans who care about spending are the ones who are already out of office. Oh, maybe that's not fair, though. We did get a decent group of senators here. Rick Scott, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Marsha Blackburn, Mike Braun. They released a statement, quote, Congress can't keep spending trillions of dollars we don't have. The infrastructure package announced today continues the trend in Congress of insane deficit spending. Let's not forget, this is the first step in the Democrats' plan to pass their $5.5 trillion tax and spend liberal wish list. Our nation is facing a nearly $30 trillion federal debt crisis. There are real infrastructure needs across the country, but with growing inflation, many families struggling to financially recover from the events of last year, it's not wise to throw fuel on the fire that is the raging inflation crisis and labor shortage we are seeing across America. Now, that was a lot of political words, but the truth is, crisis is the right way to describe it. So again, back to what I said at the very beginning of the show, understand, there is an end date to this spending money like it's going out of style, and whenever we get there, 
tomorrow, next week, next year, 100 years from now, whenever we get there, it's going to hurt bad. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got a great show tonight. More masks, more mandates. Aren't you excited about that? It's great news. (laughs) But first, home title lock. Hear me out. I don't want to get an email from you a year from now saying, Jesse, I should have got home title lock. They got my home title. I'm going to lose my home. What do I do? By then, it's too late. Get home title lock now so this doesn't happen to you. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Something like fun? You can't stop it once it's done. Stop it beforehand with Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. Get 30 days for free. we got a great show. We'll be back. The Delta variant isn't making kids any sicker, is it? We don't have any evidence that is doing so, and that's really great news. But I do want to emphasize, and and I know all of the data, and it is so true that all of the data say the kids do better than the adults. Hold on, I'm sorry, what? I, I swear she just said Delta isn't making kids sicker. Okay, well, that's good news. Obviously, we don't want kids getting sick. Then why are they also saying all kids, K through 12, vaccinated or not, wear masks. Why? Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't even be asking those questions. After all, I'm just a dude. I, I went to community college. I didn't even graduate. Who am I to question the Center for Disease Control? I'm sure if they're issuing guidelines that says mask your kid, I'm sure this is really sciencey. And, and medically, right? They're really smart people with a bunch of degrees on the wall and stuff. They've looked into all this. They wouldn't just do this on a whim. Uh-oh. Maybe they did. Daily Caller. They discovered the study the CDC used to justify the new mask guidance was rejected by peer review and was based on a vaccine that is not even used in the United States of America. Are you starting to see yet? Are you starting to understand the game? The game is not that this has anything to do with coronavirus. These people don't care about coronavirus. These people don't care about you. They don't care about death. They don't care about any of that. This is all about power and control. You should have accepted it in the very beginning when they told you to go home for 15 days. Fine, you didn't. If you're a little late to the party, fine. Welcome in anyway. This stopped being about coronavirus about 15 minutes after it reached our shores. We have a laundry list of problems plaguing this country. We have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, though, deciding staff and visitors who have to be arrested by the Capitol Police if they don't put on masks. What's the science behind that? There is none. 
Nancy Pelosi doesn't sit there. Who knows what she's... I don't even want to know what horrible things she probably does. Nancy Pelosi doesn't sit there juggling skulls behind her desk, deciding what's best for you. Do you think that hag has ever spent 30 seconds worrying about what's best for you? She gets off on the power. I was happy to see Representative Chip Roy go off on this on the Congress floor. Man, it was good. And the American people are fed up. They want to go back to life. They want to go back to business. They want to go back to school without their children being forced to wear masks, to be put in the corner, to have mental health issues. And we're running around here, and the speaker comes down here at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, we got to wear masks in the people's house while we've got thousands of people pouring across our border, and Democrats don't do a darn thing about it, heavily infected with COVID. We have the New York Times, okay, today. What a mess. CDC about to reverse on indoor masking for the vaccinated, quote-unquote. This is some serious nanny state stuff that will only breed resentment. No kidding. Consider resentment being magnified right here in the floor of the House of Representatives. We are absolutely sick and tired of it, and so are the American people. This sham of an institution is doing nothing for the American people. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? Do the vaccines work or they don't work? Do the masks work so they don't work? I'd like to know which it is. I'd like Dr. Fauci to come down and answer a single question about nat natural immunity. Have you been infected with a virus? Do you have immunity? Or are they just going to go around poking people saying you must take a vaccine? Oh, but sorry, the vaccine doesn't work. You must wear a mask. This institution is a sham, and we should adjourn and shut this place down. Tag on, Chip. Go off, son. I texted with him this morning. Well done. All right. I almost, I almost didn't even show you this video. You understand projecting strength is important, right? is really, really important, especially when it comes to politics and diplomacy and power struggles on the world stage. You always want to project strength. This is our defense secretary getting off a plane today. What do you think China is thinking when they see that? Uh, Vladimir Putin, he's looking at that, what you're looking at right there. What do you think's going through his head when he looks at that? Gosh, all right, we got Rick Green coming up next. He's going to go off on all this stuff at first. You know we have an app, the First TV app. And yes, there are many great things about the First TV app. It's right there in your app store. It's easy to get, easy to download, easy to use. You can obviously watch all of our shows live. All the talent, all the great talent on the First TV is there. Most importantly, though, you can watch me all the time. Not just when I'm on here live talking to you now, on demand all day long. So spend 10, 12 hours a day watching me on repeat. I'm sure that's very healthy. We'll be back. Leader McCarthy says it's against the science. I love that old bird. Joining me now to talk about why Nancy Pelosi is the greatest and other things is Rick Green. He is the founder of PatriotAcademy.com. He's also a former Texas state rep. 
I love that woman, Rick. I can't help it. She's so <laughs> unlikable and nasty. And yet she's been Speaker of the House for like 18 years. I just find it to be so fascinating, I guess. You would think that if that's the face of the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party would be no more. I mean, it is it is shocking. But yeah, I love her. Um, as long as I can watch her make a fool of herself and the American people. The, the last thing, you know, we saw was her kneeling with the mask on and giving homage <laughs> to whatever African tribe she thought would get her more votes. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Gotta love her. Rick, the mask stuff. I try to explain to people this is never going to end. People yeah. have told me throughout this pandemic, of course it is. It'll end when this. After 15 days, it'll end vaccination. It'll end this. It'll end after the election. And I'm telling people, Rick, it's never going to end until people just stop complying. There's not going to be a time where they get sick of this. Yeah, you, you nailed it, man. I mean, look, let, let's go back to March of 2020. I mean, everybody's finally asking the question, what does government actually have the power to make us do? Well, back in March of 2020, we started asking those questions when Gavin Newsom dropped the first statewide stay-at-home order in the history of America. And then all of a sudden, Republican and Democrat governors alike started following him. I mean, they fell like dominoes, including my own dictator-in-chief, Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, who, who actually said, get this, Jesse, he said in his executive order that he had the power to control the ingress and egress of every living human being in Texas. Now, if that is not an exaggerated abuse of power, I don't know what is. That is tyranny, and it's happening from Republican and Democrat alike, whether it's the shutdowns, whether it's the masks, the vaccines, they are using public health to violate our constitutional rights and completely eviscerate them. I can't think of a part of the Bill of Rights that has not been violated in the last year and a half, and also that the courts have not defended. They have also failed us by not defending our constitutional rights. Okay, one, we'll get back to Greg Abbott in a minute, but I'm glad you brought up the courts here. Rick, I don't want to be too t pessimistic. I always try to be realistic, but not bring everybody down. You're right. The courts left us high and dry. Who's left, bud? I, I, I'm sorry. I, look, I'm looking around. Looks like we're running out of friends here. No, nah, man, I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not usually pessimistic. Uh, and back in March and April, my tune was a little different. I was saying, okay, we're going to give them a little bit of leeway here, but we've got to clamp down quick. We can't let this thing get out of hand. 17 months later, I mean, Oof. I'm at the point where I'm saying civil disobedience is the only solution at this point. We have to say no, hell no, we're not going to do it. And that's got to be not just us, the citizens. That's got to be state legislators. That's got to be mayors and sheriffs and county commissioners on the local level that are willing to say, not in our backyard. You're not going to bring this tyranny into our community anymore. That's what it's going to take to shut this thing down. Rick, you brought up Greg Abbott, and obviously Texas matters a lot to all of America. It really matters if you're on the right. And yeah, Greg Abbott absolutely sucked during this pandemic, and he's not alone. There were plenty of Republican governors who sucked as well. Frankly, there were plenty of Republican senators and congressmen, and honestly, Trump wasn't very good, especially in the beginning of it. Why did Republicans fall for this thing so quickly? You know, man, I, I mean, they always tell us personally that when we face crisis, it reveals our character. Doesn't doesn't just build our character, it reveals our character. I think the same is true for culture, society, and elected officials. They face crisis, and then you find out what they really believe, what are their core principles. And to be honest, Republicans, um, at, at for the most part, are, are morally bankrupt. Uh, all, not as bad as Democrats, okay, let's not put them on the same uh, page. 
but there's not enough Republican leaders that actually govern from a place of principle, where they actually say, hey, here's what the Declaration and the Constitution says. Here's what I believe. We're a constitutional republic, not some democracy or not some republic where we just elect people to do anything they want. I'm willing to be bound by the words on the paper, an actual constitutional republic. There's so few of those right now because we stopped teaching that stuff. 50 years ago. So it's really revealed the fact that people like Greg Abbott do not have the core principles, the constitutional convictions to take on the tough fights. And he cared more about the national polls because he thought he was going to run for president. I'm hoping that uh, getting 0% at CPAC twice in a row um, has disavowed him of that. And you'll notice he's now governing far more conservative, thanks to Alan West and, and Don Huffines for running against him. Uh, but, man, I, I think it just reveals where we are in the vacuum of leadership in America. Why the disconnect between Republican leadership and the Republican voting base? Because and it's not just the D.C. thing. You just brought up Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott isn't in D.C. Uh, any one of them, the, the, lead, the people who lead this party, always, for decades it's been like this, seems so disconnected from the people who make up their voting base, almost like they hate them or something. Yeah, man, it's like a it's like a, an abusive parent or something. I mean, it's an awful situation. We've dealt with it for years, um, you know, but I, I got to say it, it does come back to us as individuals. You know, like I was saying, it, it reveals the, you know, the character or the cracks in the foundation. I mean, the reason we're in the mess we're in, whether it's the covid crackdowns, whether it's the Marxist BLM movement that we allow to take place across our country. What's really the problem underneath is civic ignorance. That's the problem that has been festering for decades. And so we don't know our rights, therefore we don't perceive when they've been violated and we don't defend and assert them. That's John Jay, first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. And that's where we are. We, we've got to individually get back to studying first principles and understanding what actually produces a free society so that we can better form our own communities, our neighborhoods, and then at some point our states and our nation. But man, we, we've got to come back to understanding what actually produces a good society. And we are civically ignorant right now. The good news is Tom Jipping says ignorance is curable. So we can solve that if we'll just start getting back to learning these things. Amen. And then get in the trenches, yeah, which I'm fond of you saying. We've got to realize what we're up against right now. This is not some high school debate, man. We're, at, we're in a culture war right now. The left, they've been in the trenches for decades. They've been scratching and clawing, and that's why they're winning. We've been playing tiddlywinks and acting like we're in a high, some high school debate, and that's why we're losing. We've got to get in the fight. 100%. And the stakes are high. Watch this video from the head of the teachers union. I know you'll enjoy this. Has really thrown this curveball that says that while vaccination is the number one gold standard, um, that we need to you know, bring back our masks for schools. So the bottom line is we're going to keep kids safe, we're going to keep our members safe, and we're going to try to open up schools, and we're going to try to move through this political battlefield. Rick, is it bad that I love it that the head of the teachers union is absolutely detestable? The fewer kids in government schools, the better off we are. <laughs> no doubt about it, man. I think homeschooling, if I, if I saw right, has tripled. Uh, since the whole pandemic. I mean, people are realizing just what a poison is happening at our public schools and how that's been poured into the minds of our kids now for decades. And so more and more people are homeschooling, going to private schooling, and even better than, not better than that, but as a part of that, parents are taking on their school boards like never before. Not only going and testifying, but running against them and taking over the school boards to stop this nonsense. So yeah, I'm with you on that. The more they get out of the public schools, the better. 
But then I also think we got to keep pushing to influence those public schools as long as, you know, 80% of the kids are going to end up going there. But just listen to the nonsense as she's talking about that. I mean, the CDC continues to confuse everybody. I think it was Emma Woodhouse the other day on Twitter said, let me get make sure I get this right. The masked and unmasked vaccinated folks and the masked and unmasked non-vaccinated folks are spreading the virus to masked and unmasked vaccinated folks and to masked and unmasked unvaccinated. I mean, that's that's where we're at at this point. That's essentially what the CDC is saying. They failed at every step of the way. That's why they shouldn't even be in this mess. CDC should have no say over your personal health care decisions. They have no constitutional authority. I mean, well, I guess there is that Article 1, Section 12 part that says that the Congress can create an agency that can then make law for all Americans with regard to the uh, said no constitutional scholar ever because it doesn't exist. They don't have the constitutional power to do this, and we've got to wake people up to realize that. I will never let the CDC tell me how I can celebrate July 4th, whether or not I can get together with my family for Thanksgiving, whether or not I take a shot, and whether or not I wear a mask. It's just 15 days to slow the spread, Rick. I don't know what your problem is. All right, Rick, what is PatriotAcademy.com? Explain it, please. Well, we don't do math at PatriotAcademy.com, but maybe we should because 15 days has become 17 months. Uh, but listen, man, we're all about teaching other people to defend and preserve liberty, uh, to appreciate their rights. We started as a youth leadership program, 16 to 25-year-olds. When I was a state rep, I'd bring them into the state capitol, and we'd do a mock legislative session and teach them founding father's philosophy and the Constitution. But now we're doing our Constitution Coach program all across the nation. We have 8,000 Constitution Coaches hosting our classes in their living rooms, at their churches, at their local library, wherever they can. And people are studying the Constitution and learning their rights and then defending and asserting those rights. Rick Green, thank you, my brother. That was outstanding. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Allow me to just encourage everybody to patriotacademy.com. Absolutely worth it. You're looking for resources out there. You want to learn more. You want to teach your kids more. It's outstanding. PatriotAcademy.com. All right, that's enough of that. Let's talk to a former AG, Indiana. These DAs, what? Hang on. Attorney General, DA. You don't care who these people are. You don't care enough who these people are. You probably know your senator. You probably know your congressman. Everybody knows the president. But the people who are deciding which laws they will and will not enforce, those are the races that matter, and they're the ones the left has been all over. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is Curtis Hill, a former AG of Indiana. Curtis, why don't people take enough care into AG, into, into DA? I mean, you were Attorney General of Indiana. That's a really big deal. I bet you could walk through the mall without getting recognized. Well, not, not too much, but maybe so. I think people need to pay more attention, especially today, because DAs have a lot of power, and, mm -hmm. uh, and rightfully so. It is a, it's a unique position where you make a determination of accountability, and what we need in America is accountability. But what's been happening in the last several years has been alarming, because we've had DAs who have openly, particularly in big cities, openly determined that they're going to decide what laws to avoid or what laws to not hold people accountable for, and we're seeing this in, in, our, in our major cities and all over the country, and it's resulting in an uptick in crime and lawlessness all over the place. Curtis, I, I'll get into some of the details on the crime in a minute, but I did want to ask, because you brought it up, when I tell people this, and when it comes across the news, this DA is not going to prosecute this person, they're not going to prosecute that person, I get this a lot from people, they email me and say, Jesse, how can that be legal? Or How are they allowed to do that? Curtis, how are they allowed to do that? Well, they're not. I mean, but I want to be I want to be clear. 
there's a thing called prosecutorial discretion that allows a prosecutor to review a particular case to make a determination within the evidence and the facts of that case of how to proceed and all prosecutors have that discretion and i believe 100 in that you need to have discretion on how to move forward in an individual or particular case that's different than what's happening now what's happening now our prosecutors are running for office on the mantle of i'm not going to proceed on a whole variety of laws whether it's i'm not going to i'm not going to prosecute prostitution or drug crimes or particular crimes that i don't like well that invades the province of the general assemblies in the states and that's a no-no uh, that's the area of legislation where uh, the, the the people who are closest to the legislature uh, they make that determination of, of, of how to proceed. Prosecutors do not have the right to veto the law. Uh, you brought up the cities earlier, and I, I'll tell you, it, this frustrates me when I read stats like this. Minnesota, everyone remembers Minneapolis. They were the whole beginning of that Black Lives Matter thing. They released their crime report for 2020. The numbers are just, they're unbelievable. There were 58% increase in murders, 58%. 62% increase in officers assaulted on the job, 54% increase in arson, 55% increase in the, in the value of property stolen. Curtis, how could people not have seen this coming? Where were the, I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone realizes it today. Wow, defund the police is probably a bad idea. Where were the sane voices back when the hysteria was getting turned up to 1,000 degrees? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Jesse, I was one of those sane voices because I was writing articles about just that. Be careful what you ask for, Seattle. Be, be careful what you ask for, Minneapolis. If you don't want the police, guess what? The police will stand down and crime will move in. You need the police to block these, these, these uh, avenues of crime. So it was very predictable of what was happening, and we're seeing the fruits of that effort today. Crime is spiking all over the place. Uh, primarily because we had areas that said they didn't want police officers. Then they treat police officers horribly. Uh, when we saw the rioting last summer, we saw uh, uh, chiefs of police uh, that were told to stand down uh, by, by their uh, officials. Stand down. Let the rioting happen. Let the looting happen. Uh, a, a, a base lawlessness that has encouraged this type of behavior. Now the murder rate's up. Uh, the violent crime rate's up. You know, Jesse, for years, we saw a downtick in the murder rate in this country, uh, a 30-year low, 50% reduction in homicide. And what were people complaining about? That we had mass incarceration. We had too many people in jail. Well, what they don't realize, Jesse, is that the vast majority of crime in this country is uh, occurs by a very small number of people. And if you can effectively deal with that, uh, that number of people, i.e. lock up the multiple offenders and the repeat offenders, you're going to reduce crime and increase public safety. Okay, if, uh, let's dwell on the, what you talked about before for just a moment. They were at a 30-year low. We had the, the, these murders down. Why? Why were they down? What were we doing right? We know what we're doing wrong now. We'll get back to that. What were we doing right before? We got tough on crime. From 1970s to the early 1990s, crime was out of control. So what happened? We started putting uh, legislation, three strikes, you're out. We started targeting uh, multiple offenders. Uh, the vast majority of crimes are repeat offenders. So if you hit people with habitual offender statutes and, and you're, you're firm on that, you're going to do the job. We locked more people up. So yes, we filled up our prisons uh, during that period of time. But by filling up our prisons, we looked to see the murder rate went down 50% over a 30-year period. Rape and violent crime went down 30 to 40% during that time period. What that means is we had the right people in jail, the people who were causing the problems. 
And then uh, we've gone through this cycle where people have said, well, we had the wrong people in jail, too many people in jail. We've got to let this person out. We've got to let this that person out without regard to whether or not they have earned the right uh, to have uh, to be back out on the street. And the result of that has been uh, an effort to uh, to allow more people who commit crimes to be free. Where where are we going wrong when it comes to our prison system? Or are we going wrong? Are we doing it right? Should it be more harsh? Should it be nicer? Should it be, where are we going wrong with it? Well, we, we had it right. We want to we want to be particular about who goes to prison. Not everyone needs to go to jail. Certainly first offenders, we want to give them consideration. We want to give people a second chance. But when we have people who have first chance, second chance, third chance, fourth chance, at some point we draw the line. In the 90s, we said three strikes. That makes sense to me. You have three felonies. Uh, we, we dink with you on the first one. We dink with you with the second. When you get a third one, boom, you're gone. Bye-bye. Uh, that's how we have to approach this thing. We want to be fair. We want to be firm. We want to be thorough. We want to make sure the right people are in prison. But we need to hold people accountable to keep people safe and to keep our environments fresh question about the future of policing because i saw this the uh, dc's mayor muriel bowser they just requested 170 additional officers well they already cut their police budget massively and, and we're seeing other cities trying to trying to do this now too uh, i guess we need some more cops my question curtis is if you're a cop especially if you're a talented cop and we want smart talented cops why in the world would you go back why would you buy this? If I was a cop, I'd be moving to the Florida or Texas suburbs, and I'd be a cop out there. Why would I ever be a cop in D.C. now? It's a real, real problem, Jesse. We take police officers, we give them a badge, we give them a gun, and we give them the authority oh. to protect us, and we say, you may have to put your life on the line to do so. And then when they make decisions that are split decisions, very difficult decisions, life and death decisions uh, that, in fact, involve their mental health and impact their families, we don't stand behind them. Sure, police officers make mistakes. Some police officers go over the line, and when they do, we need to act decisively. But we need to be in a position to recognize that police, by and large, in this country, do a phenomenal job of keeping us safe against all odds. And overreacting uh, and, and uh, assessing that all police officers should be painted with the same broad stroke is absolutely ridiculous. And in 2019, we had, America's got uh, 330 million people in this country, and we had uh, a thousand civilians who were who were shot by police. The vast majority of those were justified shootings. 330 million people, a little over a thousand shootings, justifiable. Now, we have to look at the statistics and say the police are doing their jobs, making sure that when a bad apple takes place, we concentrate on the bad act of that particular officer but we have to support our police. We have to make sure that they're defended, that uh, that they understand and are protected uh, from lawsuits, uh, from from uh, 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 from all the type of acrimony that they've been receiving. Because you're right. Why would somebody want to be a police officer under these circumstances? I want to play this video really quickly, Curtis. This is Chicago Police Superintendent Dave Brown. Ask the courts why are you releasing violent people? dangerous people that Chicago police officers arrest and charge back into these communities to create this environment of lawlessness that we're seeing here. See the people being charged with unlawful use of a gun by a felon, aggravated use of a gun by a felon, being released back into these communities the same day they are arrested. That should be a headline in this city, and it's not. Curtis, He's absolutely right. What's wrong? 
What's wrong with Chicago? I mean, this isn't even a recent development. This is, it's been for years and years and years. It's always Chicago, Chicago murders, Chicago shootings. Is it because it's a central drug hub for the country? Well, what is it? Why does Chicago have such a problem? Chicago has for years been operating under under a different set of circumstances or, or a different system. Uh, I respect the police chief's position. They're making arrests, but they're not taking it seriously through the court system. The DA takes a position that we're not going to prosecute certain offenses. We're going to allow people to go through to to come out of jail. They're using the criminal justice system as a social justice experiment on how to correct some of the problems and ills that we have in this country. Look, America has lots of issues that need to be addressed, uh, particularly on racial issues and, and other forefronts, but you don't do it through the criminal justice system itself. You, you hold people accountable for their offenses. Uh, Chicago has uh, one of the highest murder rates. You know, they're supposed to be, a, they're, they're a sound where you're not supposed to be able to carry a gun. And yet you can get guns anywhere in Chicago, particularly if you're a bad guy. Uh, it's a very dangerous place to be. Curtis, thank you so much. That was outstanding. Thank you, Jesse. You take care of yourself. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. We're going to Thailand. There was a big monkey fight. It was sweet. Hang on. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. You know, I've been to Thailand. I was in the Marine Corps a long time ago, don't worry about it, about 30 pounds ago. I was in the Marine Corps and we had to go to Thailand at one point to do a bunch of jungle warfare training. But one thing that is crazy about Thailand, and there's a lot that's crazy about Thailand, but one thing that's nuts about the place is the wildlife. I mean, it's like you feel like you're in an Indiana Jones movie. You'll be riding into town and you'll just be passing people who are riding on elephants. Elephants, just riding elephants right down the road. And the monkeys. The monkeys are everywhere, absolutely everywhere. This video came out, apparently this took place in Bangkok. Well, there's been a food shortage and the monkeys live off of all the food they jack off of trash cans. They'll steal food right off your table if you're not afraid and they can get really aggressive. And monkeys oftentimes will be in their own little clans, their own little groups. So this video came out. I just wanted to show it to you. That is what you see. That is about a thousand monkeys in a brawl in the middle of the street of Thailand. At one point during this fight, they just take over this one poor sap's blue car. <laughs> it just has to leave. Anyway, I don't know why that lightened the mood at all, but I thought it was fascinating. I'll see you tomorrow. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. 
tunnel to towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount.